The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. It's good to be with you again. I had uh, coffee with Pastor Ellis this week, and it was good to hear all the good things that God is doing here at First Baptist. And I appreciate you being here this morning. For some reason, I couldn't convince my wife, two daughters, their husbands, and our five grandkids to get up and be here by 9.30. So I want to make sure they they have the live stream on, you know, but uh, uh, it's good, good. Thank you so much. And what what rest and peace we found this morning. Uh, I don't know if you needed that or not. I needed that. And so thank you. Uh, Thank you for, uh, again, just finding a place of quiet and peace and reflection in a very, very busy uh, season. This morning, I, I want to talk to you. It's kind of an obvious, I mean, there's nothing creative about uh, a title that uh, is known as The Day After Christmas. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, all those things. Of course, there's this adrenaline buildup to Christmas, and then this morning it may have been Oh, what was that? You know, and it begins to drain out of you. And you're maybe tireder today than you were uh, yesterday. Uh, You're through the food coma. That's good. Uh, You you know, some of you ate breakfast this morning. Some of you just said, I don't want to see food uh, through that. Now, this year, uh, I helped Kim wrap presents. And, you know, you have the paper and the boxes and and all that's put together. By the way, this year I learned that tool is not a hammer. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I was rapping, and Kim goes, pass me the roll of tool. And I went, what? Here's the scissors. You know, here's the tape. Where's the? And she goes, it's that, it's that stuff you we're tying bows with, by the way, on every present. And, uh, and I've learned. And then she goes, Oh, it's a French word. I went, well, sure it is, you know. So. so anyway, this year I learned something. I know what tool is. I know it's not a hammer, et cetera. But isn't it interesting that all those packages, boxes, and ribbons are now called what? Trash. I mean, for like a month we've been building and, and putting those together, and now uh, we know it uh, as, as trash. I got to thinking the other day about Mary. Of course, this time of year we're thinking of Mary, Joseph, etc. And I got to thinking about her day after Christmas. Now, we sanitize this this event in so many different ways. And you have your Rembrandt pictures and you have century after century. You uh, modeled it here in your musical but do not forget, my wife and I in our life group went to see the Christmas with the Chosen. Some of you may have seen that or you can watch that now on, on YouTube uh, or other places or in the app. And I thought they did a, a wonderful job of, of, of uh, characterizing Mary. Joseph was a little older than I thought maybe he would have been, but a great characterization. And then again, this, the tightness and the, the realness of the stable. 
see, we forget the smells. Have you, have you ever been in a barn? Have you ever been around goats? Have you ever been around donkeys? Have you ever been around that? And here's this young couple who traveled almost 90 miles to this place where there was no room in the inn and they find themselves there and just think of this is the day after the birth and I don't want to get too disturbed right now but just think of those of you who have had children that you're not in the sanitized uh, room with everyone wearing their mask and their their uh, surgical gear and your husband uh, pass out on the floor or whatever (laughs) that whole picture Think of all of that reality you went through that is present now on the floor of the hay and the the leftovers of the animals. You have to clean that up. There was no leftovers. They may, Joseph and Mary may have brought bread with them, but that was probably eaten. So they had to go find food. The owners had to come in and take the the baby out of the manger and replace that with hay to feed the animals. And we think of all this that that we we built up to. There sat Mary with this new baby. And again, ladies, you know the feelings and the emotions of that while Joseph was probably out trying to find some food or whatever. And Luke, who, and by the way, I like what the writers of the Christmas with the Chosen did, if, if you've seen, if you haven't, it's okay. Uh, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, later in her life has Mary Magdalene come to her and she, she writes down the mag- what we call the Magnificat and she takes that to Luke and Luke records that. Uh, there's no, no question in my mind that Luke got his narrative or his story of Jesus' birth from Mary. Uh, Matthew uh, clearly had a different take. Joseph is the focus of his. And that's why I love that we had God preserved four Gospels for us. But Mary is, is telling Luke kind of what was going on. And then here's this verse that we, we just read through a lot. And it's just has been on my heart for months now. And it's Luke chapter 1, verse 19. And it says, And Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now again, think where she's sitting. Think, she's telling Luke, think what she's sitting in. Think what's going on and she takes these and she treasures them up. By the way, uh, most of our memories from yesterday are on our phones and Facebook Mary's was on her heart. And are not the best memories that we have in our life, those that we don't necessarily go flip back through on our phone, but those when we're quiet, they rise up and they become those most special moments uh, of our, our time together. So here she is. She's here. And so I wanted, I asked the question, so what, she treasured up all these things. What are all these things? You're going to know all these, but just let's walk back through them. The first one was, had to be, back to Luke chapter 1, when Gabriel came to her. And when Gabriel came to her, if we jump down to verse 30, 
It says, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor in God. You conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall call him Jesus. And he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Part of the way I believe the story of the Gospels came together was not just folks telling memories, but the Holy Spirit igniting the memory of those who were telling the story. And in this place, I believe it very possible that Mary could have remembered and Luke remembered with her the prophet Isaiah. You've seen this song. It's one of my favorites of the Messiah. And it's found over in in Isaiah chapter 9. Go there to verse uh, 6. Now remember what, what Gabriel has said. Gabriel has said he will be given the throne of his father David. By the way, where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Where was King David born? Bethlehem. What, was the, what does Bethlehem mean? The house of bread. What did Jesus say he was? The bread of life. Every detail is part of God's plan in us. And so when I think in, in their remembering these stories and talking to one another, and those must have been great dinners and great times around the campfire when they were telling stories of Jesus and the Holy Spirit would bring to mind the memory. And there had to be in the midst of this, this promise of Gabriel saying the, the, the throne of his father David, remembering Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. And let me, some of you remember the Amplified Bible? Remember that? Let me amplify this a little. For unto us a child is born into this mess. See, sometimes we have Scripture kind of way out here. Our lives are over here and we're living these and God's kind of doing his thing over here. Now, don't forget that when Isaiah said this, There had been a civil war in Israel, and the country had been split in half, that the northern kingdom was about to be carried away by the Assyrians. There was a threat of invasion, a threat of of destruction. And in the southern uh, kingdom, in Judah, there was soon to be, or not that soon, but over the broad of history, uh, 200 years, there would be Babylon would come and take them away. And they had to be going to them, saying to themselves, how on earth can all who we are as the chosen people of God, how can all of this be happening to us? Have you ever had that thought? Wait a minute. I am who you say I am. Why is this happening to me? And they had to be asking this, this deal. For unto us a child is born into this mess. And by the way, that same child came into this same mess. I'm a volunteer chaplain now just kind of on the weekends, though I did take this last week on call uh, for the uh, Plano Police and Fire Department. And uh, this week was a tough week. Had three calls, one possible uh, drug overdose a suicide, a death of natural causes. But I think about those families as I drive away and, and remember them in my, uh, my prayers and the conversations that we had. Into that mess, a child was born. 
into this first Christmas without a loved one, into this Christmas without a job, this Christmas with an illness, the Christmas of the uncertainty other than the days keep clicking off and I still don't know what's going to happen next. Into that mess, a child was born. And Mary remembered that that was the promise. And let's go on. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulder and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And by the way, remember this too. Peace in the Old Testament and the New Testament is not the lack of of uh, conflict. That's what NATO does. <laughs> NATO comes in and put this warring faction away from this warring faction so they won't fight. That's what you as parents did yesterday. <laughs> you go to your room, you go to room, your room. Just That's not peace, though. The Scripture idea of shalom and uh, irene in the, sec- in the New Testament is this sense of wholeness, of coming together, of being together. And being restorative to what God intended it to be. So when the king comes, when this child came, it was not just to stop the fighting. Matter of fact, if you remember later on, and this is the confusing part for some of us. Remember what he said in Matthew chapter 10. He says, I've not come to bring peace, but what? A sword. Jesus' ministry was not a peaceful ministry. Whenever you bring the things of God into an existing family, relationship, or organization, or government that has reached its own, this is how we held our, hold our peace, when the presence of God comes in, it can be very disruptive. Again, remember what Jesus' ministry was. He came as the Prince of Peace. To restore to God, to, to restore to creation what God intended in it. So he comes, and while he comes with peace, it is a disruptive peace at times. And Mary knew that. Did not her, her life uh, become a, a bit odd and crazy uh, when, the, when Gabriel came to her? So I know she remembered that. She remembered when the Gabriel first came, and then if you continue down a little further, uh, she visits Elizabeth. Remember the angel said, and by the way, you're, uh, Elizabeth's already pregnant. And when she comes, uh, John the Bab- who will be John the Baptist, leaps in her womb. Remember? What a beautiful picture. John the Baptist, who will proclaim the coming the Messiah, jumps and leaps and says, he's here, he's here. And Elizabeth knows this. By the way, let me just say this. I love Mary. You know this about her. She said, okay, I don't get this. I'm a virgin. I'm not even married yet. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm engaged, but how's this going to happen? And, and the mystery of God's word comes in verses 35 and following. But then she pauses, and it's our, the song we just sang, and did you mean this? Are not, I surrender all. I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. Is that not what obedience is? Trust without full understanding 
doing what God has asked you to do. And Mary says, I don't get this. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me, but let's go. That's what true trust and faith is. And she comes to Elizabeth, and, and then we have our, the first Hail Mary. <laughs> blessed are you among women, and blessed is the, the fruit of your womb. She had to remember that. As on this day after Christmas, she sat in the stable and held the baby and remembered what God had promised to her. And then, lastly, there were the shepherds. If we go over to chapter 2 again. Uh, the angel of the Lord appeared in verse 9. Today in the town of David, you probably read this like we did yesterday before we sat down to our dinner. By the way, outside in 80-degree weather, I mean, whatever. So I said to one guy at the gas station, I said, how do you like this spring weather? And he said, it's better in Chicago. So it's all relative, I guess, kind of deal. But just before we sat down, uh, actually my... Uh, a uh, six-year-old granddaughter had this memorized, and she memorized and spoke this. And suddenly a com- company of the heavenly host appeared. By the way, the reason there's so many of these angels here is not just to have a big choir. If you remember, and we sang about it in King of Kings, that when the second person of the Trinity was about to leave his glorified throne and come into a child as a human, all of the spiritual world who were against this happening were prepared to stop it from happening. And I think part of the reason, and the word for company here is a military term, that the reason there was a company, and those of you in the military know how many of that is, and I think it was plus that, was to ensure the fact that the child was safe and found its way to the womb of Mary. And they were there to just as at the same time, the opposite of that, at his crucifixion, Jesus said, okay, Evil, bring it on. God the Father said he's not going to hold back anything. He says he's not going to stop you. Try, take every trick you have and think of everything that happened to Jesus on the cross is the worst part of our human condition. Betrayal by a friend. Injustice. Ridicule. Nakedness. Pain. Suffering. Jesus said... Bring it on. And on the cross, he allowed evil to pour out all that evil had to do to destroy God. And he took it, and it killed him. And then on the third day, he says, okay, (laughs) good try. And he defeats death, and here we are. Mary had this promise And the shepherds are the ones that brought it to her and said, there was a heavenly host, and what did they say? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Shalom. Goodwill to all men. And then they left, and they went, and remember the promises, you'll find the baby in a stable. 
And by the way, shepherds know where stables are. Do they not? They'd ask the in, you know, if they'd ask a business person or a merchant, and there were merchants all over uh, that time. They may not know where stables were. But God came to the ones on the edge of society, the cowboys. You know what cowboys? the sheep, the goat ropers, I mean, all those, those folks. He came to them, and they found the baby, and they worshiped him. And remember, Mary and Joseph didn't know they were coming. And they show up, and she remembers these things and remembers that they came. And then notice verse 20, the shepherds return. So there's this opening of the gift. There's this welcoming of guests. There's this fulfilling of promises. There's this adrenaline rush of all of this is happening now, the adrenaline of of birth and, and all that came with that. And this is the next day and the shepherds go back and she is stand, sitting there holding the child and remembering these the angels that came to me came to the to the shepherds and they have come and This must be truly happening. But notice, too, from this day on, Mary's different and the shepherds are different because it says in verse 20, they left glorifying and praising God and all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. And Mary treasured up all these things, wondering about them in her heart. My question is, what are you wondering about? How has God worked in your life? Have you heard a sermon or you've read a passage of Scripture several months, weeks ago, and someone has come to you and they've reinforced what God said in your life, and you begin to put the pieces together and realize that where I am is exactly where God wants me to be? I mean, there's no way... The king of kings and the lord of lords, uh, I'm on a donkey and I'm pregnant and I'm going to stay in a stable. This doesn't make sense to me. Maybe your life isn't making sense to you or even at this stage of your life, you're looking back and wondering, where was God in the midst of all this? I'm here to tell you God has been in the mess from the beginning. My daughter and I were talking about this yesterday and... uh, She said, it it sounds like he came into the mess for the mess to redeem the mess. Way to go. High five. Maybe that's what you need to hear today. That in the mess, the, the pile of wrapping paper in the sense of our relationships aren't so good For unto you a child has been born into your mess, particularly for your mess, to redeem and bring shalom to your mess. And by the way, let me finish this story. Uh, I love Mary because, again, she said, I don't get all this, but let it happen to me as you planned it. And sure enough, Joseph and Mary... Verse 21, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named what? 
Jesus exactly what God had told them to do. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. That's obedience. That's trusting God's word. That's living with the confidence that while I don't get it completely, God is working in my life. And that's what I pray for you today, the day after Christmas. That whatever yesterday was like, whatever stands in in front of you, that you know today that God is at work. This child has been born into your mess that God may redeem and restore and bring shalom and peace to your relationships. Let's pray. Father, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for precious little Mary (laughs) who just had no clue but said yes. And Father, there's folks here today who need to just say yes to you. They... They may be waiting on full understanding or an angel or whatever, but Lord, I just pray today that as you have led their hearts and their feet to this place, that they have heard your voice in their life to say yes. And that this day after Christmas, they will say yes in trust to you. Father, I pray for those of you who know that you've been at work in their lives, that you will strengthen their faith today, that there'll be a, a Luke two twenty one person who on the eighth day did exactly what you've told them to do and named the situation exactly what you've named it, and they have been faithful. I ask your blessing on them. So, Father, in the moments ahead, just as we pause, uh, Ivy, ask us to listen to you I pray Lord in these next moments that we will all hear your voice and we will all know that this child that was born was born for us and was sacrificed in our place and that uh, death has been defeated and that we can say yes to you so Father in the name of Jesus I ask these things and I ask that you speak to us as we listen quietly to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. In a moment, we'll have a time of response, just as we always do. It'll be a time of of listening. This altar's open. Sometimes our body has to lead our hearts to the place of God. And I don't know what your practice is. I haven't been here uh, that much. But the Lord may invite you to come and kneel at the altar. Uh, This would be a great way to spend and acknowledge God's presence. Or sit where you sit and hear the voice of God. All right? Let's do that together.
and trust him in his presence daily live I surrender all I surrender all all to thee my blessed say To Jesus I surrender, make me Savior, holy thine, and let me feel your Holy Spirit and truth. to thee my blessed Savior.